everyone, thank you for joining Leadcast, our podcast, where we bring you stories and sagas from Lead and Beyond. My name is Cassie Pachasa, and today we're starting with a delightful behind-the-scenes look at Miss Morse's life. Let's get started. Today I have an interview with Miss Morse, one of the original teachers at Lead. I begin the interview with asking why she chose to come to Lead. I chose to come to Lead because I was really interested in the way that education was kind of going to be changed through project-based learning, but also through the mastery aspect of it. And then the mentoring program also very interested me because I would be able to stick with kids from their freshman year all the way to their senior year and watch them grow and be able to be a part of their high school experience. Now that we know a little bit about why she chose Lead, it's now time to learn a few more personal things starting with her high school and college years. Played volleyball for all four years of high school. I think my senior year, we actually went to state in volleyball and got second place. We were, I always say we were four points away from a championship, but we lost it. I'm, you know, not over it yet, apparently. (laughs) No, it's all good. And then in basketball, I played from my freshman through my junior year. I didn't play my senior year. I loved being active, doing stuff active, but I didn't want to just go out and run. And so I think being able to do something actively, plus all my friends played, so I think that's probably how I got into it. If you would have asked me as a middle schooler, because I did play both of the sports in middle school, I probably would have told you that I was going to play basketball forever and not volleyball. It just wasn't my favorite. And by the time I was a freshman, I just, I had a love of the game. I liked going up and blocking and doing that stuff. So it just was something to do with my friends. It was something active to do. I did not play for a college. I continued by playing on a club team and then also I did intramurals for both sports. We had a group of friends that played. Actually it was like our volleyball team and then when basketball intramurals would start we would play that and that's actually how I got hooked up with the club team because there was a team that played intramurals that was like hey do you want to come play with us? So that was fun. We all have those moments in life where we question what we did or our thought process at the time. So I wanted to know when in college did she feel this way? I don't know that I look back and I'm like, that was not probably the smartest thing I did. So it was 2001, 2002, I don't remember, but we had a huge ice storm and literally like the power everywhere was out, but we didn't like, so the ice storm came through and everybody was still at college. They hadn't canceled anything. And then electricity everywhere was out. Well, we're sitting in our apartment and we're like, what are we going to do? We can't cook anything. So we took off walking carefully because it was icy out to the local pizza shop because we lived like a block or two away and we thought it would be better to walk than drive. And when we got there, we realized the pizza shop didn't have electricity either. So they weren't going to be able to make the pizza for us. So, you know, we walked back and had to eat like chips and things like that that you didn't have to cook. Now that we know a little more about her high school years, I wanted to find out more about her life now, starting with her kids and the origin of their names. Quentin is 10. He'll be 11, actually, this month. His name, we didn't know the gender of either of our babies before they were born, so we had girl names and boy names picked out for both. Quentin, we had actually decided on his middle name first. We wanted it to be Dean because Kyle's grandpa's middle name was Dean and then my dad's middle name was Dean. So we had decided on that and we went through first name after first name and neither of us could agree on anything. And one night we were watching UFC fighting and at the time Quentin Rampage Jackson was fighting and And my husband looked at me and said, what about Quentin Dean? And I was like, I like it. So that's where his name came from. As for Zayla, this actually took a little bit more convincing of my husband. If the first one would have been a girl, I don't think we would have named her Zayla. He wasn't quite convinced he liked the name yet, but 
I, when I was little, liked to write cursive Z's. And so I made up the name Zayla because I wanted it to start with a Z. I don't know where I came up with the rest of it. I don't know if like I thought like, oh, it rhymes with Kayla or other names like that. But I thought it has to start with this capital Z because those are fun to write in cursive. And, you know, to my disappointment, they don't necessarily teach cursive anymore. Did you know that Miss Morris actually has three pets? And you're about to hear the clip of her telling us all about her pets. Casey is our puppy. She's about three years old. And we got her because we had an older dog, Lily, that slept with my son every night. And my daughter always hated it that Lily was more Quentin's dog. And so we decided that we should get another puppy and that would start sleeping with Zayla at night. However, as people probably know, puppies kind of have a mind of their own. So it actually took Casey about two years before she actually started sleeping with the kids. And now she actually alternates between the two two kids now that we've lost Lily. We also have two cats that we got because when Casey wouldn't sleep with our daughter, she wanted cats to sleep with her. And so we decided that we'd get a couple cats so that she could have something more that was kind of her pet. And we got them. And again, as in the same thing with Casey, cats have a mind of their own. And so they actually do not sleep with either of the kids. They actually are night animals and like to get up and run around and play at night and sleep all day long. Although she already has these three pets, I do want to know one more thing about pets. Does she have a dream pet or some kind of pet that she's always wanted? I don't know that it would be anything more than what we have. I am a lover of lab dogs, but mutt labs, I like the lab look, but we've never had a purebred. And I think it started when I was a kid and I was out mowing grass and we lived on a farm and I think somebody actually dumped this dog close to us and came up to our house and never left. <laughs> and it looked like yellow lab. I think I fell in love with labs. So both of our dogs, that we've adopted as a family have been part black lab and so I love black labs and that's probably the only thing I'll ever adopt. <laughs> as children we dream of being a fighter fighter or a princess and a whole slew of other random things that probably don't exist but did we know that teachers also do the same thing and adults in general they think of more realistic dreams of what they wanted to be so I wanted to know what Miss Morse would want to do if she was not teaching. I have a couple. <laughs> the first one, I don't actually think it exists because if it did, it might be what I'm, I would be doing. It would be a professional student, but you know how they have like mystery shoppers where somebody goes into the store and then rates the store. Well, I would want to be a mystery student. So I would go into classes where I could do all the stuff and learn all the stuff, but and then I would be able to rate the professor and they would pay me to do that. So that would be the first one. The second one would be a statistician for baseball. I choose baseball because if you ever watch a baseball game, you know that they come up with the like most obscure baseball statistics like you know the batting percentage for the third Wednesday in April when it's raining and I would love to be able to be the person that comes up with all of those statistics oh gosh I mean the first one professional student I love learning I'm working on my fourth degree right now so I just I love it I don't want to ever stop so that would be if they would pay me to do that I would just do it as a profession, which, I mean, in education, you do continue to learn. The other one, I like stats. I teach stats. I think it's so fun to be able to do that stuff. And, I mean, in my family, we watch a lot of baseball. So I always sit there and I listen at those stats. And I'm like, I tell my husband, I'm like, really? Did you just hear that stat? And before he met me, he was like, I never thought twice about those statistics. And now he'll like, when he hears one, he's like, okay, Becky, I get it. <laughs> now it's time for a random fact. And I wanted to bring in a little bit more about her 
teaching math. So I asked about which mathematician that was famous in history she would want to meet if she had the opportunity. It would probably be Euclid. He is actually the father of geometry. While I don't teach geometry anymore, it's actually one of the first classes that I was able, like, that I taught when I first started teaching, I guess I should say. It was one of the first classes when I was in college that I was like, all of a sudden, all this stuff started making sense. And I'm, I don't know if you want to call me a nerd in this way or weird in this way, however you want to say it, I love writing proofs. I might be the only person in the world to ever say that, but I love the logic of it. And then having to state your reason behind it. And so I would want to meet, you know, the father of geometry. We ended our interview with talking about one of Miss Morris's secret obsessions, blankets. I love blankets. <laughs> my husband doesn't really like me to buy anymore. Um, I think it actually started way back when my grandma gave me, like, this quilt that my great-grandma had made. And I used it. I didn't have a cover on my bed. It was this quilt that was on my bed. And it got so old and ratty that my junior year of high school, my grandma had to recover it. And she said it was so like lumpy inside that she would never recover it again. So I still used it as the only blanket on my bed till it got so thin that I didn't think it was gonna last much longer. So it's actually in my cedar chest now. I just got it out the other day to show my kids. But I think that started my obsession. And now like a good blanket, I just, I can't turned down and I'm obsessed with which one like my husband will try to steal the one that I wanted and it doesn't go well (laughs) I need certain blankets (laughs) sitting in my living room there's probably 10 but that's just my living room (laughs) I don't know how many I have total most of them are the ones that like were homemade from like my grandma or my great-grandma and that are still surviving but I do like a good like plush blanket also from the store so that's my other, like, when I'm going to buy one, it's going to be one of the real plush, soft ones. It's amazing to get to know teachers on such a personal level throughout high school. Next up, we have a unique segment from our friend Charlie. Do you ever wish you could talk to your favorite cartoon characters? Well, that's what Charlie got to do. Want to know how? Keep on listening. I am Charlie, yeah, and welcome to Talk to the Toon, a podcast to show how other people think the world like makeup about every cartoon. Welcome to the top three tunes. Our first show won't be for crying. Our first guest is Hanazuki. Hi everyone. I have some questions for you. Okay. Why we want to come back to Hasbro? Well, it all started when we go Japan, Korea, Hanazuki on January 27, 2017. That's me, by the way, and I got in my own movie on October 6, 2017. But one day, something happened to me. I was going to be ready for these two when I got replaced by Luna Butunia. I was broke, heartbroken, lost, abandoned. But two years later, I couldn't make a comeback by using change.org. Anything could change, so I wish everyone could get. I want to get back on track. Is that true? Of course, as soon as possible. What is change.org and how to get you back on the show? Well, a regular of 2,351 people have signed. Hope we get to 2,500. 100, Hasbro, no, I'm, boom, flower, motion. Red, yellow, or just for a colorful like. 
Shimash. Thank you. Great talk on Suki. You're welcome. Well, let's go. Bye bye. <laughs> Classic old little girl. <clears throat> Next up, Rolly from Rolly. Rolly. Good warm welcome, everyone. Oh, oh, people on planet Earth, we come in peace. So, everyone just saw the reboot of Disney Plus. Is that true? Well, Leah Jones created the show in 1998, and on the first movie, Metro was released in 2002, and I was a big star. For the people who loved the big heart. So, after the show was finished in 2017, Leah Jones retired. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never heard that. Well, that part was true. But Leah Jones will be back. You see, the reboot's on Disney Plus later this year. Wow, amazing interview, Oe. Thank you. Hold the phone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, that's a good talk. You may see cartoon. It can be funny, special, adventurous, truth telling, and a big imagination. In some cartoons. Don't last forever, but every cartoon character lived forever in our hearts. And one day, you. a cartoon that is real. This is Charlie Allen. Sign up until we meet again. Thanks for that fun segment, Charlie. Next up, we have Helen and Ben. 159 years of life, 109 countries, and 49 years of marriage. Let's get into their adventures of hurricanes, earthquakes, and so much more. Hello, this is Lily Schmidt, and welcome to... My segment called Where in the World, where I interview people about where they've traveled to. Here, I'm with my grandma and grandpa. My grandma's name is Helen. She's been to 42 countries, and my grandpa, Les, has been to 67. So I have a couple questions for them. And the first one for both of you is, what is the most memorable place you've been to? It could be a specific city or a country. I think Australia is probably my most memorable country. Beautiful. The people were lovely. Oh, we had such a good time. Yeah, it's tough for me because I have a lot of places I've been that has been so fascinating. But I would probably say New Zealand would be one of them. And also, I really enjoyed Asia. A lot of the countries there, Japan was kind of special for me and a bunch of others. So it varies for me. But mm. yeah, those are probably the top ones. What is the most important thing you've learned throughout your entire traveling career? Well, I think we're both going to say the same thing because... It's meeting new people and learning their customs and tasting mm -hmm. their food, etc. Yeah, for me, it's almost identical. It's cultures. To go into a country that you haven't been in before and experience living with their culture. Here's an example. In Japan, when you go into their house, you always take off your shoes mm -hmm. and you put on slippers and to go into the house. Well, the first time I was there... I have size 13 shoes. <laughs> there is nobody in Japan that has anywhere near that size. So they would give me these little slippers, and I kind of look at them and laugh, and I say, I'll go barefoot. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, the cultures were really 
special for me. Yeah. And also, I might add, if you ever have the gift of going on vacation with my grandparents, you will find out that they become best friends with everyone they meet. Especially grandpa. Yeah, especially grandpa. <laughs> what is one place you haven't been to yet, but can't wait to scratch it off your bucket list? I was thinking this morning, you know, getting up, and uh, gosh, we've watched you from birth. Yeah. And, and Mikey, too. And it is so neat. Mm-hmm. And we are so blessed to be able to. And you probably say, get out of our hair. But <laughs> no, I like that just, you guys are in my hair. just love to be around you. you know, it's, it's fun. Tucker, you can hang out with us. Neighbor's dog is on your back porch. Oh. Okay. okay. I haven't ever heard you bark that much. Yeah, neither have I. Okay. One more time. What is one place you haven't been to yet, but can't wait to scratch it off your bucket list? Well, at our age... I want something peaceful and quiet with beautiful scenery. And I think Fiji would be a wonderful place to visit. Yeah, and for me, I, you know, I've been to so many different continents. I have not spent a lot of time in Africa, and I would love to go back there to South Africa particularly. And you go on a safari and, and just see the land and, again, the culture. Okay, next question is, what is the place you have regretted going, maybe not just because you didn't like it there, maybe it could have been a bad experience or the weather was just bad? Well, yeah, one of them is, is you know, I don't have very many, but Taiwan was really that way for me. And it wasn't the people, it wasn't the weather. I went through uh, two hurricanes there. Mm. Um, but it was the fact that they didn't keep the air clean at all. And it was very musty and dirty and everybody wore masks. Before it became the thing to do here in the U.S. because of it. Yeah, that was the worst place. Grandma, can you think of any? I can't think of any place. Um, I think in San Francisco, I was always worried about an earthquake happening. Mm -hmm. If you had a ticket to go anywhere in the world tomorrow, visited or not, where would it be? Italy. I'm dying to go back to Italy. We saw only such a small part of it, and I'd like to explore more. And for me, it's any one of the countries that I haven't been to. I'd like to go more into South America, South Africa, I mentioned, places like that. You know, that's where I'd love to go if I had a ticket. Let's go. If somebody had a ticket and go to someplace I've been there before, I'd still go (laughs) because of the culture. What was the weirdest thing you have ever eaten in one of your countries, and where did you eat it? Japan was for me because I didn't know what I was eating half the time. And <laughs> the people we were visiting would say, well, this is, won't tell you what this is, but dip it in this sauce and you won't taste it. <laughs> so I think Japan. Yeah, uh, Japan and, and Taiwan, which is also kind of Asian. And this is out on an uh, open area and they had this big barrel that was a big vat. And there was uh, dark things in there and they would pull out chicken legs to eat out of that oh and my gosh that really turned my stomach i said no <laughs> thank you i'm not into that you know and you could, the feet the claws were still there and it was really fascinating so i said no thank you <laughs> do you think you would have liked certain places better if you went with a group or the other way around if you didn't go with a group or are there any places like that yeah we've done both the two of us did most of our traveling together, but we've gone with big groups, too. And there are advantages to both. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the men didn't want to go to a certain place, so we women would take off. 
spent when we're alone, just the two of us, we could choose what we wanted to do and it would be quiet and it would be our choice to make some memories. Yeah, I'm very much the same, although part of my travels was by myself, although there usually were people where I was going that I was uh, working with and therefore would see that. And it was always helpful to have that. But, you know, a lot of the time, like I can remember one time on a plane flying to Taiwan or someplace in Asia, Mm-hmm. And there were 400 people, on, or three, 300 maybe, on that plane. It was a big plane. And I was the only Caucasian, which was really strange. Uh, and just the way they handled flying, then the way I handled flying was kind of interesting. What has been the worst travel experience, like on planes or driving or anything like that, just traveling, transportation? Was we were leaving Chicago for Brazil. Mm-hmm. Another guy and I, we took off out of O'Hare and we were just taking off and an engine blew up. While you're on the plane? While we're on the plane and there were uh, fires coming out of this one engine. It, hit, it was two engines. It was a 767. You know, it was very scary. And there's a lot more to the story, which I won't tell them all. But uh, turns out that uh, we had flown into a flock of geese and it blew up the engine. And we had a circle over Lake Michigan for a long time, and then we finally came back and landed, and it was all fine. Oh, wow. Fire engines following us. So that's by far the worst that I've ever experienced. But uh, mm. and we were safe, but, you know, we could have easily crashed, too, if they would have hit both engines. So, And, in fact, there was feathers in the other engine, too. Uh, that's so, crazy. Yeah. I haven't experienced any horrible things happening when travel, but on cruises... Mm-hmm. I guess when the ship started swaying from left to right and then mm-hmm. front to back, that was kind of sickening. Have you had any awkward car rides, like Uber rides anywhere? Yeah, we were riding a taxi that was in Japan, and they drive like crazy there. And we were coming down this mountain, and, and the guy was ready to get rid of us because it was kind of late at night. And he was going so fast down this mountainside road, which is kind of windy at night. And that was the most scary ride I've ever been on. <laughs> okay, so this is the second to last one. Is there anything you wanted to do differently while you were on vacation anywhere? Like, is there something you really wanted to visit and just never did? Well, for me, you know, part of this was, in quotes, business. I was there to meet people and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, I've been to China, I don't know how many times, but I've never seen the Great Wall. So there were times that I was unable to do that. But then I was also able to ride on a bus with chickens and pigs and <laughs> everything else like that, which very few people you know, get to do things mm-hmm. like that. So it made up for it. But yeah, there are so many things that I have not seen that I would love to have seen. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have met more local people mm-hmm. and maybe even yeah. stayed in their home and learned more about them. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and, and I've had that experience a lot, so. Yeah. Okay, and for the last question, what was, what was, it, what was it, what was the most interesting people that you've met? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh. for this last question, who have been the most interesting people that you have met, and where were you when you've met them? For me, probably Africa, mm-hmm. and, you know, these people were extremely humble and didn't have much and yet they were the friendliest people and just willing to talk to everybody and anybody you know that really set it off for me as being very interesting that's a hard question for me because every person to me is fascinating but you know i've met 
presidents of countries and stuff like that, which is really nice. But it's the common folk that I really thoroughly enjoyed. What about you? You know, I think we met people who lived in Nova Scotia and visited them. And I just love them from the bottom of my heart. Mm -hmm. They are so special people, and we've just grown to really love them. So when you go to Nova Scotia, do you meet those people every single time you go? And stay with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And they've been here to visit us, too. Oh, I've heard about that. And it's very interesting. I've had so many different experiences, you know, that... I should write them all down because you, know, <laughs> you should you write a book. Need yeah. to do some memoirs. Well, I do, and I, I was thinking about doing that. We started that once, so, you know, just you know, some of the stuff that I've experienced. But you know, it's just like this airplane thing. You know, the interesting part of that story was that Grandma took me to the airport. I was here, really, and we got we pulled up, and I was about to get out of the car, and I turned over and looked at her. I was going to kiss her goodbye. She's crying. Kind of teary. She's crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about this trip. Hmm. And so, That's crazy. So, it is. And so that night, just before, she knew what time we were going to take off for Brazil. It was like 10 at night or mm-hmm. whatever. And we had flown, I had flown to Chicago and we were waiting for the plane. Got on. Everything's fine. She's lying in bed. And when we go to bed, sometimes we just hold hands and mm-hmm. hold asleep. So I just reach over, pretending his hand was there and holding it as that was happening. So, <laughs> Did you not know until the next day? Right. Well, that night, I think I called Yeah. And then it was on the news and papers. Pictures of the Chicago. airplane on fire. Yeah, and they have pictures of it. On Up fire. in the air. <laughs> um, that's the closest I ever came to, you know, I think dangerous. So that was the end of the podcast. I really hope everyone enjoyed it. My grandparents are very interesting people, and I loved hearing all of their stories, and I really hope you do too. So thank you for listening. It's so fascinating to hear about the lives of two people in our community. My name's Cassie. Thank you so much for joining Leadcast, and we'll see you all next time.